You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Bernard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Oh... A uh, lovely, warm Philadelphia evening as we do a little meanie after dark here. Uh, a little inside baseball. We are recording July 8th. Uh, normally we do uh, mornings, but uh, I'm feeling pretty good. My guy, you know, you know, I've had my day. <laughs> Norm- <laughs> normally I like, to, I like to record in the morning because, ah, oh, let me get the first things out of my head. You know, and normally every time I wake up, I have my own little show in my head. And, uh, you know, but like I've had a full day ahead of me, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, things go uh, with Meanie After Dark. <laughs> Both of us are a little... Wait, 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 which means nothing to the people who listen on the morning, yeah. but it's, to us, it's Meanie After Dark. We're putting in the hard work for you folks. You should see my eyes right now. They're baggy and saggy. And I am working on getting my energy back. You can actually see this right now. You can record it live as I'm talking into the microphone. You can watch this live if you sign up right now at patreon.com slash mind of the meaning. We have all kinds of great new tiers, all kinds of really affordable options that get you a lot of great content, including watching this show live. So go there right now, patreon.com slash mind of the meaning. Want to welcome the pod squad. As always, pod squad, thank you so much for being here with us. I almost yeah. said this morning as a force of habit, but meaning this evening, we are burning. Good evening. We are burning the midnight oil, my friend. And speaking of the midnight oil, we have seltzers. Usually we say this yes. for Ask Meanie, but I think we need to wet our whistles a little bit. So, oh, yeah. I've what had are you a full dr- day. What are you drinking? I got uh, Canada Dry Mandarin Orange. Nice. And I have this liquid death, bury it alive, meaning I can only find Big this fan. anywhere. On in 30th Street Station at the old Nelson Food Mart, right as you get off track four, you come down the ele- at the escalator, you buzz out, and I always run them out every week. So they always stock it up. So shout out to the old Nelson Food Market down there in 30th Street. <laughs> Let's give them a Sandman here. Three. I'm, yeah, I'm going to try one-handed. I'm going to do my best. This is a heavy... I feel like uh, I feel like Dear Donnie with his, his tip up here. All right, three. Hurry up. I'm- two, one, and... There she ah, is. I had to bail out in a mm. one-hander. It's delicious. It smells so nice. It smells very full. Dude, uh, Liquid Death is no joke. It's really good stuff. It's carbonated, but it's it's like <sighs> flavored sparkling water. 
and it's got electrolytes and shit in it. It's really fucking good. Yeah. Oh, dude, you know, uh, usually, well, for instance, two nights ago when I get completely hammered, (laughs) um, my favorite thing to do the next morning is to drink some uh, Pedialyte. Yeah. Because you get the electrolytes. It's like the perfect hangover. You said electrolytes, and I was like, oh, yeah, I was drunk two nights ago. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I had some of that, or, or Gatorade, but... Pedialyte's OG with the you know, with the uh, electrolytes, so I'm I'm pretty good with uh, using that. But uh, Liquid Death, yeah, I first saw that through Pat McAfee show. Yeah, and, and then I saw it out in the wild, and I, I grabbed like a b- couple different cans of it, and uh, all of them are great. I think I think it was either I can't remember. I think it was one of my friends on Instagram had posted something about this, and I asked her. I was like, "What is that?" And she was like, "It's, it's water." I'm like, "Oh my god, I gotta try it." Looks it. like beer. It looks like a big beer energy drink, but yeah, 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 yeah. So it's I go, yeah, boy, I'm gonna get a good one. Yeah, here. a little seltzer. Kiss. My, f- full disclosure: one of my kids is sleeping on the bed over here, so I'm hoping we don't have any run-ins today. But if I burp too loud, I'm gonna wake up the whole house. But <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with you, man? How was your fourth? It's uh, better to burp and taste it than fart and waste it, uh, or, so, or uh, trust a fart too much, which Lord knows we've both been there. That was not the day yesterday. Um, <laughs> had a couple close calls where I was just like, whoop, nope. And I do the gingerbread man walk down the hall to the bathroom and. Yeah, you're you know, touching they, cotton the whole way. Like, oh see, my God. See him, see him out the back door. Um, man, I'll tell you, I, before we talk about the fourth, I'm on this new uh, food plan. My, I'm back with my trainer trying to get back in shape and lose this COVID poundage. And uh, he's got me on like a super heavy protein diet. And I farted in the car before I went to the gym this morning, man. I was like, what the fuck died inside of me? That is horrific. Dude, it's, it's yeah, mine are getting weird. It's like, I, I, did, I did, I fart yesterday, smelled like a fucking set of car keys. I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> then I start, then I had to look for my car keys to make sure I didn't eat them. <laughs> it smelled like wet change. Oh. <laughs> That's the fucking worst, dude. I can't remember what regular air smells like. So how was how was Meanie's Fourth of July? Uh, it was pretty cool, man. Uh, me, me and uh, Mrs. Meanie. Well, Mrs. Meanie's the griller of the house. Uh, had a little uh, little barbecue, little grilling going on. Uh, we got annoyed by our neighbors and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, nah, there's one house on our block that's like, oh. uh, we, I, I, I get that you like music, but uh, we don't need to enjoy it either. Uh, what do they, like, what do they play? Oh, dude, they just go out front and got this like machine that you know was built for karaoke, but <sighs> the bass is all the way up, and you just, I, they're literally at the top of my block, and I'm three quarters way down, I, I feel the bass. I'm like, oh my god! Wow. So we we go out in the backyard and grill and you know find some peace. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, well, you know, watched a couple of shows. We finished uh, volume two of Stranger Things, season four, volume two, which was amazing. I've heard so many good things about that show, and I just I, I, I try not to talk about. I try not to talk about because I don't want I don't want people to. Spoil it for me next yeah. time. They're like, hey, have you seen the episode where blah, 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 blah? So people love to, 
people like to tell you about the show like they're auditioning for TV Guide as a movie reviewer. <laughs> it's like, dude, That's I have a regular watched Roger it yet. fucking Ebert over here. Yeah, we so we, yeah, Stranger Things is per, a perfect show, especially growing up in the eighties yeah. and uh, music, the, everything. It, but like, if you're a fan of movies from that era, like you know, eighties uh, era of style, like you know, suspense or horror movies, it's it's fucking perfect. Now I know I've seen recently because I'm I'm trying to stay hip with the kids, but I was on TikTok and apparently there's a bunch of TikTok kids and TikTok influencers, whatever the fuck that is, which I feel yeah. like we, we still need to do that because I feel like we could really pull something off there. But they're learning about Metallica because I think Master of Puppets was on the show. Yes. And Pete, there's, there's a, a very vital scene with, there's a very important scene with that song. And there's so many people that are discovering their entire catalog and it's like, welcome aboard. But it's weird, like, it's just so fucking weird. It's the same thing with this gatekeeping bullshit that all of these these fandoms do, you know? And it's like, yeah. why are you fan keep, why are you gatekeeping Metallica? Like, what the fuck? Why? Yeah, it's like the hipster thing. It's like, I liked them before they, or like, you know, when people like a band before they get big and then all of a sudden, I like their earlier stuff. But, who gives you know, a yeah, shit? Like, who cares? Right. So stupid. Right. Like, uh, yeah, Stranger Things this year have, you know, uh, regenerated two songs, Master of Puppets by Metallica, and uh, Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill, which is another, uh, that song's a part of another vital part of the storyline. But there's also, dude, this show has like made me cry more than I, I'd like to admit, you know, but as a, as a, a guy who thinks he can hold his shit, you know, keep his shit together. But they did, there's like a, a remixed version of Separate Ways by Journey in it. Oh man! And the way they do it, and the way it fits the scene in the storyline, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I have to check it out. I would love. Yeah, to, I, I love when they take music and just break it down. Like when they take a specific song and break it down to the essentials, and like they they just stretch out. You know, like yeah, they probably I'm trying get not the to give too much away of the the record. Yeah. And they did that. Jordan Peele did that with um, I got five on it. There's that's a classic rap record by the Loonies. Um, and okay. there was a movie that he did recently. I'm going to look it up right now. I think it's, is it called Us? I think. I'm looking it up right now. But um, he basically took it and kind of like flipped it and made yeah. it this like crazy Ugh. horror style. Yeah, it's called, the movie's called Us. And he made it like this crazy horror style song or whoever it was in the music producers. And I just think that's incredible when people can just like pull that kind of thing apart, you know, and like- really yeah. make it something new. Uh, ha so have you seen Stranger Things at all? I've only seen like clips of it here and there. Um, I haven't so actually I, seen the like, show. Like, I think it's a good enough show to where like, it would be a good, cool thing for you and the family to, to bond over and watch. Mm. Because it's, uh, I mean, there's kids in the show you know, there's a little bit of violence with the uh, the horror aspect of it. I don't know how if you you you've trusted your kids to watch horror movies yet, but well, not horror movies, but James's favorite wrestler is the Fiend, so he'll probably be okay with it. But the other two, so it's know. it's kind of along those lines of yeah. like what he does and stuff like that. And I'm sure somebody's out there is going to dissect what I just said, and they're going to rip us apart. Oh well, yeah, you know, you know, the character here is not at all like the Fiend. <laughs> Shut up. Right. But uh, 
<laughs> but no, I think because um, me and Mrs. Meany watched the first season together, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, we went to the movies one day with our buddies, uh, Donnie and Bev. There's a couple we're friends with that uh, are in our circle. And we went to see the re remake of It, like the first part. Yeah. When they're kids. And they really liked it. I really liked it. I was like, and we had just watched Strange Things around that time. I was like, I think we need to introduce you guys to Stranger Things. And we fucking, we got home from watching it and we put on the first thing of, uh, first episode of Stranger Things. And they're like, all right, so we're going to watch the next one. <laughs> and we, we basically <laughs> binged it. Like, and oh, then shit. like every, and it's the, like this thing with Stranger Things, it's like a really cool tradition. You know, me, this is me and Donnie and Bev get together and watch. That's our thing. Like we won't watch it without each other. Oh, that's awesome. It's pretty cool. That you know, cool, it's man. it's cool to have a tradition like that. But yeah, the show's been fantastic. Um, like some of the episodes this season were super long. Like uh, ep the uh, first episode back was like an hour and a half, and then like the second, the the last one was like two hours. It was like wow. a movie, but wow! So uh, you don't even feel like you don't even feel it. Like you're watching it, and it's just amazing. Um, the Duffer Brothers who wrote this. Uh, I just watched an interview with them, and it's just like, dude, they 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 got it. Yeah, you know, even with everything as simple as like the opening credits reminds me of like every like horror movie I've watched in the eighties and yeah. stuff like that. And with down to the music, their use of music in the show, and just uh, the the pop culture references, you'll see a lot of things that feel similar. You'll feel their influences in the show, right? And it's just. It's, it's amazing. The next season's going to be the last season. Oh, okay. And um, so uh, if you want to get caught up in time for that. But, uh, you know, the, le the time in between this season, season four and season three was like two years. Okay. So hopefully, and that was due to COVID. So hopefully it only takes like a year for this one to come out. So... It's weird, like, when you say you were like, you can tell even down to the credits. Like, I always feel like when I start a show and I watch the credits, I'm like, all right, this is about to be a fucking wild ride. You know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. Sopranos, yeah. Breaking Bad. Um, uh, sounds like Stranger Things is the same way. But, like, you just know. You know what I mean? Like, you just yeah. are like, yep, I'm in for a ride. But I'm into, yeah. I'm into all that sci-fi stuff. I'm into all of that, like, wild, you know, like, I'm not a big horror guy. That's never really been my thing. Um, same. And but I like the I, I like the supernatural elements of things. Um, yes. One actually, the only horror movie I've ever really enjoyed was called The Frighteners. You ever seen Netflix? Michael J. No, Fox. No, of it, but I, I I never watched it. Oh, but, hold on, maybe I did. Is uh, the drill sergeant from yes. Full Metal Jacket? Arlie yes. Okay, Ermey. I did see yeah, that. He's in it. Yep, 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 yep. There's a couple other. There's a couple. Uh, not. It's not. It's Jake Busey is his name. Uh, yeah, or the whatever the brother's name is. Um, he's in the movie as the killer, and it's a great flick. It's about this guy who he's a he's a ghost, and he, he comes back and he starts like killing people, and then he's killing ghosts. And Michael J. Fox has to, he sees ghosts because of a near death experience. It's good. I really it's kind of campy, but I enjoy it. But it's the only one that I can actually watch, you know, in it like in a way that isn't going to freak me out. But are you a? I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Are you a Star Wars guy? Uh, I'm indifferent. Indifferent. I, I, when I was a kid, I loved it. You know, I, I saw the movies in the theater and Return of the Jedi. Saw that in the theater. I had the action figures. But, 
you know, once the the wrestling bug bit me, yeah. wrestling became my Star Wars. They just, and, uh, you know, just yeah, yeah. I don't hate it, right? But I, don't, I but it's, I, I haven't gone out of my way to watch it. I uh, I just finished Obi Wan Kenobi. I, I mean, uh, before somebody, I'm sorry, before somebody crashed sure. me, I haven't gone out of my way to watch the the second three movies. I mean, the third set of movies. Right. I've seen the original three. I haven't seen going out of my way to see the uh, the follow ups, which were actually the prequels. Right, the prequels and then the sequels. So there's six movies yeah. you have to get caught up on. Which yeah, I, I what I was gonna say was I watched Obi Wan Kenobi, and I won't spoil it here if anybody hasn't seen it yet. But it, it was. Absolutely incredible. Like way, mm-hmm. be- I feel like it was way better than the show like should have been, you know? Because you get into these fantasy roles and you get into these ideas where you, like you have an idea about what the show is going to be like and, and what, what kind of content you're going to get. But like it was way better than it should have been. And Ewan McGregor is just absolutely incredible in the show. But um, one of the things it did for me was it really reinforced like the prequels. Because people shit on the prequels all the time and Hayden Christensen's performance as Darth Vader and there was a lot of like dialogue and heavy talk. But then you realize as this new Star Wars is kind of like built, you're like, holy shit, this story really is like a story about a descent into fascism. And it's like really, I went back and watched them again and I was like, wow, this is actually like way better than I thought it was. And it was weird to say that because I spent so many years shitting on the prequels because you watch the original three and then you watch these, you're like, Oh my God, what the fuck? And then the third, you know, <laughs> number three just really ties it together. And now watching that show and going back, it's like, wow, the story of Obi-Wan is just this like, you know, hubris and failure. That's his, and it's just, it's, he's always been one of my favorite characters in there. But if you haven't seen it yet, you should definitely check it out if you're, if that's up your alley. But you have to, you kind of have to watch a bunch of shit and it might take you a while to get there. That's why I really haven't dove into the the Marvel DC universes because I don't know the chronology of a lot of the stuff. I don't want, I, I'm, I'm a completist and I don't, I'm afraid of watching something out of order and then like being like, ah, shit, I should have watched this for, oh, I, no, I can't watch any of it because I've ruined it for myself. You know, that kind of, because <laughs> I'm that, I'm that neurotic about things. But, um, uh, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the Marvel movies, I feel like you can either watch them in, in order like chronological. There's, websites that have it like listed out like okay you start with Captain America and then you go to you know Miss or not Miss Marvel but Captain Marvel and like work your way down or you can start in the order that they're released and you're still going to cat you're still going to stay current but it's a lot of information but like Endgame and Infinity War like those movies are just like they're epics you know like epics like in the back in the day when they used to make them 3 or 4 hour movies that's how good those movies are and Everybody, yeah. you know, everybody's got an opinion on them. But man, I want to go to the movies and be entertained. It's just like wrestling, right? Yeah. I want to be sports yeah. entertained when I watch it. I want to have a yeah. good time while I'm there. And that's what Marvel did for me. DC, however, just watch the Nolan movies, the Nolan Batman movies, and stay away from pretty much everything else. It's just all gotcha. It's all poop. It's all <laughs> it's all it's all bad. Like Batman versus Superman, I poop. think is Batman versus Superman, I think could be the worst superhero movie I've ever watched. And it's Batman versus Superman. Superman versus Batman from Acclaim. <laughs> and it's not it's not because of Ben Affleck. Batfleck was great. But the yeah. the storyline like I'm you know Superman are you familiar with Superman's arc with Doomsday and you know Superman dies. Not really. 
So Superman dies in the comic books in the 90s, and he's killed by this Spoiler. character. Spoiler. Spoiler no, alert. I, 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 Probably, I knew that. I knew where's that. my news report? Superman dies. But no, he, he's killed by this, this interstellar, like, extraterrestrial monster named Doomsday. And it's this whole story arc where they have to, the Justice League has to figure out how they're going to return after Superman dies. And he's in the afterlife and what his parents do. And it's really like well done written story, world without Superman. And instead they fucking pack in the movie, they pack, they create General Zod, who's dead. They put him in this chamber and then he becomes Doomsday. And it's like, guys, what the fuck is going on? Like, what, why would you, like, this doesn't even, it doesn't even track. I'm I'm okay with suspending reality in some instances, but like, for fuck's sake, this is terrible. <laughs> it was just, and then they did a recut, which was like three and a half hours long. And I'm like, if you got to add stuff back to the movie, and it, like just fucking throw it in the garbage and start over. <laughs> fucking throw it away, man. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I don't know if you heard the news. James Conn passed away yesterday. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Tony uh, Sirico from The Sopranos, Paulie Walnuts died today. Talk about two iconic actors. James Caan, amazing. Uh, seems like every man's every man. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I, I don't even say his real name. I call him Paulie Walnuts. I don't give a fuck <laughs> yeah. what his real name. <laughs> to me, he is, he's Paulie Walnuts. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the most iconic TV characters. One of my, my, my favorite character from The Sopranos. Yeah, unquestionably. Uh, Pine Barrens forever. Um, he was an interior designer. Uh, his apartment looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the episode. He was an interior designer. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. His apartment looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here eating ketchup packets. If we should have gone to Roy Rogers. That's one of the best episodes. It's season three, episode 11, Pine Barrens. It is so good. Dude. So good. Um... Pine Barrens was so good and had said, had the ultimate cliffhanger. Yeah. I swear to God, that Russian guy was going to be the one who was going to kill Tony in the, at the end of the show. Yes, I thought so too. I really they, did. They I thought he was going to come back. They just left that guy. They never really put a bow on where did the Russian go? Uh-uh. And he shot I'm him walking in into a chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they accidentally got uh, Ch David Chase to admit, you know, he slipped during an interview and called it the death scene. And the reporter goes, you know, you just referred to that as the death scene. And David Chase goes, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but here, like, for real, I can't even imagine being David Chase. And I mean, when did the show go off the air? It was 2007, I think, 2008. We're in... Right, yeah, 2007, yeah. I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting in my ex's house and I was watching the TV and I had a Nextel at the time. And, oh, there's that seltzer kiss. Um, shout, yep. out to, shout out to Josh Chernoff. Uh, but my Nextel starts fucking blowing up and, and I'm just, people are screaming like, did your TV black out? Did your cable go out? I'm like, no, it's, <laughs> I don't know. Like the credits are rolling. Did we miss something? And, you know, we're talking about 14, 15 years ago now since the show's been off the air and- I mean, I'm sure it's a, it can be like relatable to you where it's like, oh, tell oh, me yeah. about the JBL thing. You know, like right. every place you go, like it's got to be grating after a while, you know? That's the, that's the rest of his life. Forever. So, so happy to Tony. So tell me, tell me real fast. I just need to know since you haven't heard this question before. Where's Tony? What happened? Put it this way. 
That show was so well written that there's audio out there of FBI wiretaps of mafia people talking about the show as if they wrote it about somebody they knew. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's actual like FBI, hey, yo, you see that Sopranos? I, th I think they wrote that about, you know, Tony Baloney knows. I don't know. <laughs> Coffee no, cake. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, that's amazing. You know, your, your writing is so good that the, the real people think it's about somebody they've met. You know, so yeah. that's that's tip of the cap. Yeah, yeah, that that's probably you know, Sopranos and The Wire. You yeah. know, that, that that was the golden age of television, right there. It just it changed. It was such a game changer in how shows were done, and you know, just you know how people watched their TV. It became appointment television, Sunday nights, HBO. You know, I, I remember 1999 when the show started. We watched in the living room Sunday nights. There was now. Keep in mind, I'm probably 14, 13 years old. There yeah. is no good reason on God's green earth why a 13-year-old should be watching the fucking Sopranos, but yet right. here we are. And yeah. so, but I remember I was every Sunday, it was literally, it was appointment TV, watching the Sopranos every week. And it was, I, it really did. I think that, that that show specifically revolutionized television in general, because without yeah. that, you don't have The Wire, you don't have Mad Men, you right. don't have Breaking Bad, um, but I think too, you can go back to James Conn with with Sonny Corleone. I mean, even yeah. that story, like that story, revel there were there's all kinds of wild shit that was happening while they were filming that movie. They were there were gangsters threatening them not to film, not to do this movie, and they went and did it anyway. There's and a there's a TV show out now that's about the making of that show. It's not a docu series, but it's uh, like an, a scripted show on everything that went wrong with the making of. The Godfather. I believe it. I haven't watched it, but I've heard it's great. I have to look for it. I, I'm. I believe it though. I'm into. I'm into all the history about that movie and and how it came to be. And man, it was just. It was. It's just. It's just such a classic. It's just. It's a, a iconic film. And I know recently I found actually when I was in Pittsburgh, I accidentally found out that they redid Godfather Three, and I've always kind of had this weird like like of Godfather Three, even though the. Sofia Coppola's acting was really just dreadful in the movie. I always kind of, I mm -hmm. always enjoyed the movie because I loved the story. I'm a history guy. So I love that they tied in the whole thing about the real shit that happened between the Catholic church and the mafia. And that, you know, right. that, that the Immobiliare is like really like what happened with the Vatican bank. And, um, but they re basically Coppola did a recut of the movie and calls it the Godfather Coda. It's, it's like what the movie was supposed to be when he originally created it. And man, is it fucking good! Like, holy it's shit! Better it's, than their, it's better than the original three. Yeah, it's better than the than the than number three's original release. Like, there's so much more that's put in there. There's not that weird scene at the end where where Michael just falls over in the chair and just falls. You know, like you're missing a lot of that stuff that that was just sort of unnecessary. But man, that fucking movie was really, really like just took it to another level for me, anyway. And I really have you it. have you watched the Godfather uh, uh, Chronicle? The the chronology, where they took oh. they dissected the movie and put it in all in chronological order. No, I haven't watched where all that. The, where all the flashbacks are front loaded. No shit. And it, yeah, it's out there. Uh, uh, I, I, you know what? Somebody mentioned this to me before, and I think it was on. It's like nine hours. YouTube. What's that? Yeah, it might be. It, it, it's like nine hours, ten hours long. 10 hours worth of Godfather, like, sign me the fuck up. I'm ready for it. I'm here for that shit. 
But like everybody shits yeah. on the scene at the end of Godfather 3 when she gets shot and, you know, dad, she's dead. I could have done that line better. But Pacino <laughs> and the big screen and like, oh my God, man, fucking classic, classic shit. Uh, but what yeah. was not classic, sir? Was our friends at Manscaped. No, I'm just kidding. They're not sponsoring us. But shout out to our friends at Manscaped. What was not classic is that a uh, friend of the show, Riddle, lost in the Money in the Bank briefcase ladder match. Did you get a chance to check out the pay-per-view? Uh, I watched it in bits and pieces. I tried to watch it. I have a bone to pick with, you know, WWE pay-per-views. Uh, and not for this the match quality, just for the fucking... Like, I, I was watching it, and then I just, after a while, I just kind of had to turn it off because I was getting angry and frustrated with the fact that I subscribed to Peacock at the, the rate where I don't want to see commercials. So when they have a pay-per-view, they have it formatted to where when the people who pay on the lower tiers have to sit through commercials, they play like pre-packaged WWE stuff like recap stuff to fill that void and it's just like why do I have to sit through the commercials right and yeah I, I should be able to it just slows down the progress of the pay-per-view and it's, and basically it's all the stuff that they show in the pre-show so why that's so, what I, that's what you were telling me that the that there was issues with the the commercials I'm like why if you pay for the the tier why right. are you still getting like I don't I, I couldn't figure out why that was happening you know if anything they should you know the lower tier should still watch the commercials and have to play catch up with the rest of us you yeah. know that should that should be encouraging to pay for the ad free you know and I, you know I hate when they do that stuff with the you know like say the Stone Cold sessions the Broken Skull sessions where Steve's interviewing somebody and they do that little fade to black as if they're going to commercial and it, and it, it comes back oh, and from it black. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just kills the flow of the interview. I mean, it's, it's nothing major, but still distracting. You know, and we're paying for that, you know, ad-free experience. Right. Yeah, it's still formatted for commercials and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I watched Money in the Bank and Bits and Pieces. Um, yeah, I wish Riddle would have won, but... Uh, the fact that he didn't win, you know, they did it in a way where, you know, you know, uh, theory, you know, uh, the, that, that curveball kind of screwed everybody in the match. So he didn't, he didn't win, but he really didn't lose either, you know, because of such a last minute thing. So, uh, I'm still confident in, you know, Riddle's, uh, rise within the WWE. So, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this theory thing, man. I really don't. I uh, I think he's I think he's great, um, but I think he gets the uh, I think he gets a negative rub because he's you know in, in the storyline he's Vince's guy. Do you think that's people, Do you think that's what it is he, though? Do you think it's just because like his it's like Drew McIntyre and then Roman Reigns and you know is it like like is it just that that do you think it's the the McMahon rub that they're like they're pushing him on people? I, I don't think that people have necessarily the visceral reaction that they do to that they did to Roman Reigns back in the day I think it's like a real yeah. hatred towards him and he's embracing it well I think I, I'll say I said this before and I'll say it 
to my dying breath, the, the initial heat with Roman Reigns was the curse of Daniel Bryan. Yes. The, uh, you know, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan gets eliminated from the uh, Royal Rumble. So everybody starts chanting for Roman to win. So the next year, you know, WWE's like, well, the fans really wanted Roman to win. We'll have him win this year. Meanwhile, Daniel Bryan gets eliminated early. <laughs> and then Roman Reigns wins, and the fans are like overly just over the fact that Daniel Bryan didn't win because A, they want him to win before. And if he couldn't win the year before, Roman Reigns would have been another good guy to win. Right. But the next year, Daniel Bryan probably should have won that one, and they went with Roman Reigns based off of how the fans reacted to the year prior. You know what I'm saying? So, right. So they, they're like, oh, he's the anointed one. He's, you know, the, the company favorite. They're, they're pushing him down our throats. And granted, some of the writing and the promos, the stuff they wrote for him for promos didn't help. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they, they kind of stuck it to him a little bit with that stuff. But yeah, I with think, the suffering succotash and all that stuff. But I think Theory has a natural, like, heat to him. You know, like, there's just a natural cockiness to him. And, Look, I mean, do I think that, that he's going to be the guy to dethrone Roman? No, I, I don't see it, at least not yet. I think Theory... It's, it's, it's early in his career. Well, it's really, really early. It's not like a Brock or even a Randy Orton where it was like they were young guys and it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like seeing the titles on them at the time, it's like, yeah, that, I, I, that makes sense. But Theory, I, don't, I think it's a year too early. I think he still needs to build and hold maybe the IC I, title. I, I don't know. I'm going to predict that there's going to be a curveball in there somewhere because Roman being the heel and Theory being the heel, what's the appeal of heel versus heel? Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, right. So so either, you know, Brock, unless Brock eventually ends up winning the belt. Well, that could, And then Theory versus Brock and, you know, Brock, you know, ruins his chance to cash in. Or you know, he it, goes to cash in and he, and he fails, you know. Or is it Cena? Because that's the big rumor that Cena's coming back. So does Cena come back and ruin Theory's chances? Yeah, I think I, 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 I think Cena's out with everything that's the other uh, news that's been coming out. Oh, yes, that, that yes. one, the the one that where, stuff, that one, yes, you know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I could see that. I could definitely I see th that. I think I think uh, Cena has twelve million reasons not to uh, come back. I think you're right. <laughs> For, He's the, not for the time brand, for, for, for the time being. Right. No, it's probably better for him to stay. And honestly, like, we're not, we are, and to be clear, we are not touching this topic with a 30 foot pole, but there are definitely implications that are around it. So if it's something that sort of tap dances close to it, we're going to discuss it. And Cena is definitely something that comes into that stratosphere. Uh, but yeah. I think whatever Cena maybe had planned before, he may have probably backed away from it now. Well, he, he wisely backed away when, you know, they were going overseas for the you know, Saudi Arabia shows. Yeah. And then with the uh, reporter, you know, going missing and being murdered and stuff like that. But, you know, he, 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 he never went back. Right. So, you know, he did their first show, but he never went back. So I'm not saying he's gone forever from WWE, but in the midst of what's going on now, yeah, I think he's going to lay low. Yeah, it's probably probably for the best. Well, it was like it was him, 
I think Daniel Bryan never went, or if he did go, he went once and he was like, nope, I'm out. I'm not doing this again. I don't yeah. think Sami Zayn ever appeared at Saudi Arabia either. Well, he, he can't. Why? For religious reasons. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Religious reasons. That's yeah. right. I forgot. So yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, it definitely makes sense, but that was my initial thought was like, okay, well, Theory's going to win the, 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 the briefcase and then he'll, cash, he'll try to cash in on Roman or Brock and then yeah. Cena will, will, will tank it. I still am a firm believer. I know we talk about this a lot, but <laughs> Seltzer kiss. I still don't believe that the, the fight between Roman and Rock, like the Rock, Dwayne, whenever that happens, I don't think it needs a belt. What do you think? Nah. Nah, that, that, there's things you do, you know, you put the belt on for, that match would be its own attraction. Yeah. You know, it doesn't need a title. Just like I don't think, I don't think any of the Rock Cena matches needed the belt to be on the line, to be yeah. honest. It, it was it was the meeting of generate two generations. You know? Yeah. And that's kind of what this is right now. I mean, I felt like the Cena the Cena Roman thing could have been a build of that nature. But I feel yeah. like I feel like Cena was a believable opponent for him to sort of like cascade to the next level. You know, like it was like, okay, he was definitely like it was almost like it was like, okay, well, it's Brock, and then he beats Brock. And then he goes over on Cena, and then he, you know, and like Edge. You know, it's like kind of like building up and winding up to the big fight with Dwayne. But, um, yeah, I'm curious to see where this, uh, where this goes and, and what they do with it. But I definitely thought that, I definitely thought that Riddle was going to take it this year. I just had that feeling that I was, I was, a, <clears throat> without even, you know, you know I've had a, I haven't talked to him in a bit, but... I was a thousand percent sure he would have won it. Yeah, that he was. He was my prediction. Just you know, to elevate him a right. little bit. You know, not now that he's gone from the tag team ranks, and you know, with and with then with Randy's um, injury, he's now he's a you know going the solo route out of uh, you know necessity, right? Because you know, you know, Randy's done for a little bit. So I, I, I thousand percent thought you know he would have won it. I wonder if that was what the build was going to be too. Randy and Roman at, at SummerSlam. It could have been. It could have been. Uh, what 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 is Randy's injury? I never even really heard what it was. I know he's hurt, but to the best of my knowledge, it's his back. Something that has okay. to do with his back, or like I think it's probably his lower back, but it um yeah. it has him out for the rest of the the year essentially, and it's like fuck. Yeah, which which is amazing because you know Randy, not amazing, but it's it's surprising. Because Randy's like such a stickler for, you know, he's known to, you know, do a lot of stretches to stay loose and stuff like that. You know, hence why, you know, he rides on the tour bus so he can, you know, keep his routine of, you know, stretching out and keeping his, you know, everything loose. Interesting. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, so he's not cramped up in the car and, you know, because, you know, sometimes the travel, as a wrestler, sometimes the travel does just as much damage as what you do in the ring, you know. You do what you do in the ring, and then you're you're driving for three or four hours to the next town, get a little bit of sleep, go to a gym, wrestle, wash, yep. rinse, repeat. You know, and, you know it's it, you know so that's why a lot of the guys get the buses too, just so they can just sprawl out and not be cramped in the car. But yeah. but me, I, I still prefer the car rides. I love the car rides. You know, well, that's that's something I've always loved about the business: the car rides with the other wrestlers. Well, right. It's because it's the camaraderie, or the conversation, the stories that come from that. You know, I'm sure that's that's way better than being on the bus. 
Yeah, and coming up in an era where you know we didn't have cell phones, and stuff right. like that. And right. People people talk to each other, and you know we're not scrolling, you know, the uh, internet, you know. But not that there's anything wrong with that, you know. If we had it back then, we probably would have done it. Yeah. But uh, you know, and that's the thing, you know. People talk about today's wrestlers play video games. Hey, I played video games, so <laughs> like who? But like who gives a shit? Who gives yeah. a crap? Who cares? I never like it's the, the that, that's downtime stuff, you know. Yeah. What do you think? We everybody's you know? just got to be in barroom fights in the locker room. Like, come on, yeah, this is right. This is not how this works. Yeah, man. I was I was playing the Super Fire Pro wrestling games and uh, you know No Mercies and WrestleMania two thousand and all. Yeah, that's shit. Yeah. You know that there's business and pleasure, right? You know and. Uh, you know, back in the day, you know, some guys played dominoes in the locker room or they played cards. Today's guys play video games. It's not wrong with that. Nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong. But yeah. you know what? What would be wrong? What would be wrong? Typically, sir? we wait a little bit longer for this, but we got a lot of good questions this week. So nice, the, the blue, Mister the Blue Meanie. <laughs> Are you ready to ask me? I would love to. Ask me something. Don't forget, tweet us your questions at Mind of the Meanie using the hashtag AskMeanie, and you may hear them on the show. Typically, we wait till about 45 minutes in before we ask them, but brother, we got a lot of good ones here. So I'm going to start from good the shit, top. brother. Such good shit. Jeffrey Mitchell asks, Yo, Adam and Meanie, this question is for both of you. Yo, who would you cast as the blue guy in a biopic? About his life. Hmm. There's one answer to this, and it's Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, he would have to get in shape. Yeah. He'd have to get in way better shape. Way better shape. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a shame, uh, you know, can't go into the time machine and bring Car Chris Farley to the future. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Maybe... Someone like a Jonah Hill? I could see Jonah Hill, but here, actually, you know what? Here's my, here's my real answer. If he, was, sure. if he was still alive, the person that would be perfect to play the blue meaning in his biopic or biopic, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. I could see him definitely yeah. pulling off that role. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. So, Philip Seymour Hoffman almost had like, uh, and when he was doing comedy, he had that like uh, Jack Black type quality to himself. Yeah, where he wasn't afraid to uh, make a fool. Yeah, you know, just to play the role. You know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I mean, hey, world class actor right there. Yeah, uh, Pod Squatter Andrew Bailey wants to know. Shackleford wants to know. Meanie and Adam, who is the coolest <laughs> or most famous person's number that you've ever had in your cell phone? Ooh, that's a good question. Most famous? Yeah. Um, I don't want to answer this question without insulting anybody. <laughs> I, mean, I, I had <clears throat> I had Billy Corgan's number, but he changed it so much. We just talked through email now. Right. But, uh, hmm. Maybe, I guess Steve Austin. Oh, probably. man. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I would have I said Billy, but again, 
I gave up getting new numbers from him. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that would have to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Do you and you you like currently have his number? Yes. Crazy, crazy. Does he? He's just, just hey, Manny. What? Just a dude. Nah, just. Yeah. No, I know. He's just. It, but like you know, a kid of the Attitude Era. You're like, holy shit. You know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, I mean, we go back to ECW, you know, like right. my first couple weeks in was his last week's in, and uh, it's funny, we're at the travel lodge, and uh, I was going to drive me, Stevie, and Raven over, and he's like, he told Austin to hop in with us. Now, I'm a young guy, I got like my second car ever, and uh, I had every spare tire in the world in the trunk of my car, for whatever reason. <laughs> I thought that's what you did. Yeah, you kept like three or four spares in your your trunk. So Austin goes to you know put his bag in the trunk, and there's like no room. And I oh felt God. like such a I felt like such a dick. <laughs> God, well, goddamn, I guess I have to keep it on my lap. You know, I was like, <laughs> oh, man, this sucks. I'm so sorry. That's oh, okay, kid. I'm trying to think of who would be the coolest telephone number I ever had. I have a couple. Um, I used to have OJ's. You had OJ Simpson's telephone number? Yeah. What? And it went to his voicemail. He never picked up. It just went straight to voicemail. What? Hi, this is the juice. Please leave a name and message. Oh, my God. Beep. Um, the coolest, I guess the coolest person, I guess Ryan Dunn. I had Ryan, yeah. I had, I, well, I think I never delete anybody's number on my phone, but I, I, I had Ryan Dunn's number. Um, never, I used it once or twice when Bam, Bam was, is, is, and was notorious for losing his cell phone, like every, cell phone, passport all the time. So yeah. we're, we're in the car one day. I forget where we were just hanging out. Something in Westchester. He's like, Hey, got, where's your phone? I was like, Oh, you know, Sounds just like, like him. you got a, you got Don's number. And I was like, I don't think so. He's like, Oh, here, here, pull it up. 610. And he gave me the number. So I'm sitting there texting back and forth with Ryan Dunn, and I was like, holy shit, this is, this is cool. You know, and I tell him I need this, that, and the other. And I'm like, why don't you just fucking tell him? Here, here's the phone. You call him. Um, Bam, Bam had one number for an eternity, um, but he's had multiple numbers recently. And unfortunately, you know, I haven't spoken to him recently. Um, Tommy Chong. I have Tommy Chong's cell phone number. <laughs> I interviewed him That's on an good. episode of Foundation Radio, which you can listen to in the archives at foundationradio.net. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I called him, I FaceTime, FaceTimed him for the interview and I have, uh, I have Tommy's number. Um, so yeah, I guess, the, I, guess the, I guess that would probably be the most famous person. I mean, I have a lot of cool numbers, but like as far as famous and yeah. worldwide, yeah. it would have to be stone cold. I, I have a, you know, a couple rocks, you know, people in the rock and roll business. Yeah, I th and bands and stuff, but yeah, I guess Tommy Chong. Tommy Chong is probably the most famous person's number that, and I I only used it one time, but he's iconic, you know. So yeah, pretty cool, man. It was a, it was a fun interview. Yeah. Tommy Chong was a really cool guy. Um, was Stone? He got railroaded. Was that? He got railroaded. Yeah, he time, got man. he got. That was such a fucking setup. That, totally, they they used him as an example, and and you know he talked in in the episode he talks about it. He was like it it just. Changed a lot of my viewpoints and a lot of my perspective on things, um, and I don't blame him. I mean, it did. He did federal time, didn't he? Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous, man. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Boulder Clark wants to know: Could Blockbuster survive today? 
I'm talking strictly as a movie rental place, not streaming. Like a place you go on a Friday or Saturday night. Side note, I worked at a blockbuster in Northeast Philadelphia for many years when I was in my early 20s, and I miss that place every day. Have you seen the documentary, The Last Blockbuster? I've seen, I follow the account on Instagram, but I haven't, I haven't had a chance there's, to watch the documentary There's yet. one single blockbuster video in existence. And there's uh, a p place in Philly where there used to be a blockbuster, but this, they have this one of those signs that's like a thousand feet tall and it's still got the blockbuster logo on it. They just no never shit. bothered to take it down. Yeah. It's like a, it's like big, this big beacon in South Philly, you know? <laughs> but uh, could it today? I, I, you know, I guarantee it could make a comeback. Just, you know, how things just come back, you know? Yeah. People collect vinyl now. You know, people, I, I still try to collect physical media. Yeah. Because I hate the, the fact of having to rely on streaming services. Imagine, you know, like... You know, one of my favorite shows is uh, the BBC's Sherlock, right. right? And it was on Netflix forever. And then they just recently got rid of it. It's like, fuck. You know, I don't want to be held hostage to the fact that, you know, okay, Netflix doesn't have it anymore, so I can't watch it because of them. Right. I still like having physical media. Um, I bet it could. I bet it could. You know, there's still people out there who collect VHS, you know? just Even film, 35 millimeter film, I shoot with that. And people still, like for a while, like nobody was shooting with it and it was almost impossible to find anything. And then all of a sudden, like within the past couple of years, it had this resurgence and people are shooting yeah. with film again. But I'm the same way. I just bought a bunch of new Blu-rays. Like, well, I didn't buy a bunch of them, but it's just like, I try to have like my favorite movies, you know, like Tropic Thunder yeah. and, and Fall In and a couple of other movies yeah. that I really, really like. And I have them just in case, like, if the internet goes down, you know, fuck, throw it in the Blu-ray player, you know, and then we have yep. something to watch. Um, yeah. But I don't collect, I don't have as many as I, as I used to, um, but I think it's definitely, um, I'm the same way. But I don't know. I don't, I, I, it's hard to say whether or not Blockbuster mm -hmm. could survive today as a giant chain entity, probably not. If it was like a regional thing, like maybe in like select markets like New York, LA, Philly, Maybe yeah. it probably, I would say it would be good, like a good, like, um, vintage throwback kind of thing, you know, like, yeah. uh, the way Polaroid is now. Um, mm. I feel like that might be a good thing, but I don't, I don't know. I, it's hard to call. It's a tough call. Yeah. Ivan Rivers wants to know, this one's for the goob and the blueness. What's your go-to karaoke songs? The stop button. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear me sing. They didn't come what for the. Fu they didn't what are you fucking high? They didn't come for the pipes. They came for the dancing. Yes. Um, Good question, but yeah, that's like my. That was always my favorite line. Uh, his best song was the stop button. Whoever, <laughs> whoever was on the fucking radio. Uh, what was what would be I Jack and Diane. Uh, by John Mellencamp is usually if you get if you get a couple of drinks in me, cut a little bit of tequila, and there's a karaoke you, machine. I'm gonna get up there and like scream it. Have you seen that uh, one at poster that has John Cougar Mellencamp on? It says warning: to never sell this man a chili dog. <laughs> it's a photo of John Cougar Mellencamp. It's like That's a one, so good. like a one. 
You know. <laughs> what else? What other karaoke songs? Um, More like karaoke. Yeah, honestly. If I'm drinking, man, if I'm in the shower, like I can carry a tune. Like I'm definitely like, and I can whistle. Like that's my secret talent. Oh. I can, like, I'm a pitch perfect whistler. Legit. That's big heat. Big heat for you? Oh, dude, people walking around fucking uh, shop right, whistling <laughs> zippity doodah. Like some talent scout's going to go, oh, man, I have to sign you. What's yeah. that song you're whistling? Oh, it's a tune I wrote. Oh, let's collaborate. No, fuck off. <laughs> I want to hear your whistle. I don't want to see your fucking feet. I don't want to hear your fucking, your fucking FaceTime call in shop right. <laughs> I'll smack the phone out of your fucking hand. Yeah, no, it's I fucking. It's so oh, the weird. FBI, oh, the, the government's listening to us. No, they're just following you around ShopRite because you're on the cell phone on speaker. And the person you're talking to is blasting through the speakers right now. Um, yeah. Now well, anyway, uh, my, my herpes are clearing up. <laughs> <laughs> I got that hemorrhoid removed last week. No, I, um, yeah. I'm Let's a, go I'm get a my testicles perfect, laminated. I'm a pitch perfect whistler. So a lot of times if you catch mm. me at the office or if I'm like kind of wandering around and checking stuff and I'm whistling, but... Um, Jack and Diane is usually the one I'll go to. Um, sometimes Journey depends on the mood I'm in. Um, Dude, I, Journey gets me, man. And it's not even Don't Stop Believing. You yeah. know, I know the Sopranos brought that back, but you know what fucking song gets me? Uh, Journey's Faithfully. Yes. That, that song could easily be about a professional wrestler. Yeah. You know, you know, life. Oh, well, you almost got me to sing there. Uh, loving the music, man. Ain't what always was supposed to be. Blah blah blah. You know, it's, that's, that's a, so. That's that song's totally about. That could be about pro wrestler or anybody who travels for a living. That's a great record, man. Uh, what's the oh, other dude. one? The, um, the someday love will find you. A separate ways. That's the one. Which I. Yeah. They did an amazing new version in uh, Stranger Things, which I was like, oh my God, I, oh. I started choking up. Yeah, that's, I, you, yeah, I was going to say, that was, for some reason it was in my head and I was like, I've sang that at karaoke. Look at us. We came full circle on the episode. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. that's, that's another one I'll go to sometimes if I'm, uh, if I'm feeling a little squirrely. Um, no, it's, yeah, usually it's Jack and Diane. We used to have a group of guys we used to hang out with. My buddy, my, my best friend from like you know, 20 years, Lane Jaffe, and uh, two other guys, um, we used to go to this one, we used to go to a bunch of different bars. And this one time we were at a bar in Rockledge and we were just obnoxious and belting out all the songs. So they were calling us the Rockledge Men's Choir. And so we <laughs> got up and we sang Jack and Diane and it was a fucking hit. The whole bar was loving it. But um, yeah. If, you, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a big Mellencamp fan, you got to talk to Rip Rogers because he went to high school with him. No shit. Yeah, he's in, uh, Rip Rogers is in the music video for... Uh, Spinning wheels. That's crazy. I'm more of a. See, I, I'm I a think that's what. Guy, I think though. that's what. Uh, he's like uh, Midwestern Springsteen, yeah. just like you know Brian. Brian Adams is Canadian Springsteen. Cana that's it. Yes, Canadian Springsteen. Yeah. I got one more. They question. should do it like a triple. Dude, that would be like the perfect triple bill: Springsteen, Brian Adams, Mellencamp. If it was book it, it. Let's do it. Book it, Terry. Book it. Yeah. Uh, or you could get Neil Young. He's like, uh, oh, nice no, Canadian too. So yeah, I do a pretty decent Neil Young impression. When if you get if you get booze into me, um, chinless no knees. What do you want me to do it? No, no, <laughs> no, no. I was about to tell a story that I don't know if should be told. <laughs> so. Well, let's do this to transition into our next question. 
It's the shits. I can't remember what regular air smells like. I'll put it this way, without naming names. There's a, a person I know who was known not to uh, bathe that much. Oof. And uh, his coworkers would sing to the town, to the tune of Old Man by Neil Young. They'd go, they would call him Old Meat because he smelled like old meat. Ugh. And they go, Old me, why do you smell? You should take a shower. <laughs> I'm going to ask you. Uh, uh, that's, uh, that is hilarious. Um, yeah. Last question here. Brian, whose handle is chinless no knees, which is hilarious. Uh, a lot of people say they have no regrets in the decisions they made in life. Is there anything that you guys would have done differently or not done at all? Philosophical mm. here at 11.43 p.m. Oh, yeah. I mean, made plenty of mistakes, but, you know, I learned from them. And, you know, they're, they're mistakes I can pass on to the next generation and hopefully save somebody some embarrassment, you know. You know, I went first went to WWE. I wish I you know, got that first-class ticket. I wish I would have known to... Uh, offer it to a vet, you know, uh, stuff like that, you know, just certain things I, where I took things out of context or, you know, took things as an insult. And, you know, that was just that person's way of, uh, you know, joking with me and, you know, said, hey, you know, it, you know, now I, back in the day, I was like, oh, that guy was probably just joking with me. I took, I got my balls twisted for no reason. You know, people who like super dry humor and me being young and, you know, needing the obvious jokes in, the, in my life at the time. Yeah. But um, I think I've done every, you know, just not much just because the fact that, like, I've made decisions to actually help shape my life. You know, I remember the day I was walking to work with my mom. She was working in one casino, I was working in another, and I had already saved up and sent my money in for wrestling school. I said, you know what? I'm going in tonight and giving my two weeks. I'm going, to, I'm going to wrestling school in two weeks. She said, okay. And then two weeks, the day after WrestleMania 10, I'm, I'm loading up the car and driving out to Ohio to meet Al Snow for the first time. Wow. You know, it just... It was, it was, I had one of those shit or get off the pot moments where I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to wrestling school. I saw... You know, I sent my money in and all that stuff, and you know, Phil Slee's like, "Well, when are you coming out?" You know, kind of, you know, throwing down the punk card. And uh, you know, there's this one night. I remember the street corner I was standing on too. We were waiting, to, you know, for the green light to cross street. And I went, "Hey, I think I'm going in tonight. Give my two weeks." Wow. Yeah, just you know, you make decisions. Sometimes they don't always pan out, but you know, sometimes they do. Yeah, I don't know if I could answer it any better than that. Um, so I'm not going to add anything on that because I think that's the yeah. that's the best way to answer it. I mean, yeah, we've I've made a ton of mistakes in my life and just got to learn from them. Um, yeah, the, 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 the best. There's nothing wrong with mistakes. It's just wrong to repeat them. Right. Well, Meanie, we didn't repeat any questions this week, and that's fantastic. Yeah. And I also want to say thank you for doing the show with me each and every week. Uh, oh, thank you for uh, working your schedule out for me this week. Absolutely. <laughs> I knew I threw you a little bit of a curveball. That's <laughs> fine, man. I am, uh, I am happy to do this with the show with you here. I'm happy to be part of a, this wonderful community with, called the Pod Squad. 
Uh, but Meanie, where can people find you on your social media? If you would like to follow the Blue Meanie on all forms of social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, whatever that is, go to at Blue Meanie BWO. That's where you can follow me and uh, see what I'm up to, uh, see what nonsense I got going on. If you would like to support the Blue Meanie, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. If you would like to support my enemy, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Minded Meanie. Uh, get yourself uh, some uh, great looking t-shirts there and all the money you know you spend at Minded Meanie goes right back into the podcast and helps us keep the, keep the lights on. Uh, collar and Elbow Brand, uh, Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Go to CollarandElbowBrand.com. Rod Hicks is doing an amazing job there with the relaunch. Use co- use coupon code MEANIE. Save 10%. Uh, now, look, I'm a bearded fellow, uh, and you're a bearded fellow. And even if you're not a bearded fellow and you have a friend who has a beard, go to MadCatBeardCare.com and get the blue spruce. Uh, my boy Josh Thornton is doing a great job over there. All the proceeds go to take care go to take care of feral cats. So if you're a cat lover and uh, have a beard and a beard lover, go get the blue spruce. There's plenty of great scents over there. You know, uh, Taz has one, Stevie has one. So uh, yeah, go over there to uh, MadCatBeardCare.com and uh, get the hookup. Now, if you would like to get a uh, video message from me, you can go to cameo.com slash BWO for birthdays, holidays, well wishes, or, or whatever you can think of. Be a little bit creative. If cameo is not your thing, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash bluemeanie and get a shoot video where it's uh, their version of cameo. So go to prowrestlingtees.com slash bluemeanie and get yourself a shoot video. But most importantly, Mr. Adam Bernard, where can we find you? Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at this is Goober. Yes, it's my handle. Yes, I'm keeping it. It's a brand, pal. You can also listen to the uh, separate program, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net. Uh, like I said, lots of great interviews over there with people ranging from Tommy Chong to CBS News correspondent Robert Costa to friend of the show and former WWE and ECW superstar Rob Van Dam. So check it out, foundationradio.net. You can also go to prowrestlingtees.com slash foundation radio, pick up a shirt. All the proceeds go back to keeping the lights on in the Barnard home for wayward and troubled youth uh, and pa- patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Don't forget to sign up today to watch us. Meanie, will you got any, uh, any appearances coming up? I know we will both be at icons. Meanie will be doing his thing. I'll be there geeking out about Sham- Ken Shamrock. That's August 6th, <laughs> 2300 arena, the ECW arena. Come out and see us. Uh, but where else can people see you coming up soon? Uh, for time, time being, uh, August 6th at the ECW Arena, 2300 Arena, where I'll, I will actually I'll have some of my uh, Mad Cat Beard Oil with me, uh, some uh, 8x10s, some, uh, some new shirts. So uh, come check me out. We will be there. Come and say hi when you see us. Pod Squad, thank you again so much. Patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie for the Blue Meanie. I'm Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mine. Peace. 
This episode of Mind of the Meaning was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Mini's brain out. The world of MLW.